Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Today, I'm here with Brittany. Brittany Petty is a mental health therapist and school counselor. Woo! Bless you. Because small humans, school counselor isn't small humans, school counselor, right? Yes, elementary. Oh my gosh. Well, hats off to you. <laughs> with years of experience in helping individuals thrive for greater, Brittany is a wife and mother of four as am I, both, but not a retired military reservist. So also, thank you for that. Um, My spouse was in the military as well. So not fun, not funsies. (laughs) (laughs) No. Brittany helps empower individuals to heal from physical and mental abuse so they can consistently achieve their goals. Brittany... has a gift in helping individuals sort through drama and get to the root of comparing oneself so they can heal. She has experience in and out of the classroom, along with overcoming multiple challenges with her own daughter that has led to the creation of IMW. IMW stands for Ingeniously Made Whole, where healing becomes internal process in order to envision and apply the work to become destined to crush their goals. Every young lady is fearfully and wonderfully made whole with a mustard seed-sized faith. One can overcome any obstacle. Brittany's goal is to help every young lady to discover their self-worth. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and being patient with me. As uh, I was saying to you, it is not super early in the morning, but on the weekdays, I have to get up at 6 a.m. with small humans. So it takes me a little bit longer, even though I'm a morning person to get like moving <laughs> and like actually functioning. Oh, my gosh. It's I'm a morning person, but 6 a.m. is just a little too early for me. Seven. Seven's like my time. Like seven is when my body is like, it's time to get up, like even on the weekends. But like six. No, this is. This is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I tell people all the time, I'm like, man, that decides, that determines if I'm going to go somewhere or not. Because I'm like, if it's just me, I can get dressed. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But when you add on, like you said, a little human, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't think I want to go here. I don't think I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> that's an emergency. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's, it's a lot. I mean, mine are not so little anymore. We have a 20-year-old. She just turned 20. I was a teen mom. And we have a 13 year old and twins who are 11. So they're not so little anymore. And, but I wish they were just a little bit older so I can say, you can get yourself on the bus, but they're not there yet. Like if they were in high school, I could just be like, that's up to you. You're old enough now, but they're too small for that. So, and and I literally mean like, not just age wise, like they're teeny tiny people because they were preemies. So my daughter's like the, they're in sixth grade. She's like the size of a third grader. So I'm like, you're also very tiny. Somebody could just snatch you up and your little body couldn't do a whole lot about it. <laughs> Anyways, enough about me and my small-ish humans. And you also have small-ish humans. How old are your kiddos? Yes. Well, my youngest, he's 
three. So he's in that stage where he's getting it, tearing everything up, getting into oh, yes. everything. And it's like one day it just clicked. I'm like, wow, he's absolutely, like they say, terrible two, terrible three, like throwing stuff, doing everything, jumping over stuff. I'm like, am I getting older or am I just, do I just not have the energy <laughs> to keep up? But that's my three-year-old. And then I also have a nine-year-old. <clears throat> who is in third grade and he just he loves math he took after me oh my gosh I love that (laughs) and then I have 11 year old he's right now he's all into sports so he's in fifth grade you know he's nervous about the star test Mm -hmm. and all of that and then those are my three boys and then my oldest she's a girl so she's 15 and she's a sophomore and so you know how that teenager oh yes moms can't they don't know anything (laughs) Yes. Everything. I'm like, hmm. You're letting yourself on social media, sweetie. (laughs) Yes. Mine are the 11 year olds are ramping up. I can see the hormones surging through their bodies. And I'm like, here we go again. Like my oldest Jess is no longer a teenager, like as in like barely no longer a teenager. And then like we got 13 and she's all teen as well and then we got the other two who are just ramping up into it and I was like oh my god those teen years are so rough they're my like one of my least favorite times (laughs) I agree and I'm so and that's why I'm so glad that I worked in education because if not I don't know how I would have made it because it's different from you know we can't do everything how we grew up you know yes not now we'll be on the news (laughs) I know I was like I was a latchkey kid like I was in like fifth grade or fourth grade, the first time, like I started staying home alone with my, my sister and we would get off the bus and go into the house. I'm like, shit, nowadays you let a fourth or fifth grader off the bus to let themselves in the house. You're going to get CPS called on you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was wild. But anyways, you've been through some stuff. Um, and I would love start us wherever you feel comfortable starting us, wherever you think is the best point. It's not up. It's for me, it's just to hold space. That's really my job for you. It's sharing what you feel comfortable, but also like where you think is important to start because it's your life. It's not my life. So (laughs) I don't know anything. Um, so start us wherever you feel comfortable telling us what you've been through. All right. So I would definitely say um, that that was like a struggle of mine, which kind of led me to mental health and things of that nature and publishing my own book and things like that. And so with that, I ended up getting a coach and that coach was so big on, you know, you have to pick your niche. You have to pick your niche. And it made me really think deep, like, okay. I want to service everybody. So I'm like, hey, I service everybody. And she's like, no, you can't service everybody. And so it made me really look at myself. I'm like, okay, so what is it that I have been through? What is it that I can help somebody through? And so I realized like throughout college and different life circumstances that women were drawn to me who didn't have the best relationship with their mom. And I'm like, okay, Lord, why is this? Why does it seem like every woman that doesn't have the best relationship with their mom is drunk to me? But then I realized, like, when I looked at my own childhood and just some of the things that I experienced growing up, like, with my mom, she was, you know, she she was very abusive, you know, mentally, physically, um, just on so many levels. Like, I mean, I could tell you a story, (laughs) 
Like, I remember one time, like, her friend came over and um, she had chicken in the fridge. And so her friend ate the chicken and she just started beating me. And at that time, I would have been probably like 11 or 12. And mm-hmm. I remember my dad coming in to kind of like grab her hand. He's like, hey, you know, and I'm like, dang, I'm getting in trouble for something I didn't even do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be beaten if I did it, you know? <laughs> but if it's something I didn't do, oh my gosh. Like, um, another time, I remember just like turning the light off on my little brother. And, and, you and know, who doesn't do that as a kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And next thing I know, like, I was getting beat with the heel of a shoe, and my hands swelled up so bad. Oh. I didn't even go to school the next day. And so we had mm-hmm. a lady, she came over to watch us. Um, well, she would actually watch like, my little brother and my little sister during the day. And she was like, what happened? And I told her, and she was like, oh, my goodness. You know, she was from Bailey. She's a whole other country. And she's like, oh, no, no, we don't know. That's not okay. Yeah. And, you know, when you're young, you're just like, well, this is my mom. So, you know, you just kind of go through it. And so, you know, there was another time she was out drinking with her friends. And um, I got a spanking or a beating for not changing my little brother's diaper. You know, and I'm like, dang, I was only like eight or nine. Right? Baby's diaper. (laughs) What does a little kid know about changing diapers? Right. (laughs) Well, then I realized that as going through those different trials and tribulations, and really, I turned to writing a lot of poetry, you know, journaling. Same. I, I wrote a lot of poetry. Yeah, I wrote a lot See? of poetry when I was younger because I went through some messed up stuff. <laughs> And I was like, now they call it journaling, but I'm like, I really was just writing. And I was like, okay, let me kind of, you know, get my way out of this, you know, Mm -hmm. some kind of way. Let me just make it to 18. You know, you're like, I just need to get out of this house. (laughs) And so then from there, like going through, you know, elementary, middle, high school, well, when I was like 12 years old, we were at church one day and my cousin, and this has really marked me for the rest of my life, which is crazy. But I was like, my dad's something uh, in church, you know, and in churches you have like, well, back then you have the deacons, you have the deaconesses, you have this whole big thing, right? Like right. it was insane. Like my mom would literally have me keep a notepad of all her outfits that she would wear, making sure she oh doesn't have color. It's crazy. <laughs> That's hardcore. <laughs> yes, making sure her hat, she did not repeat that hat because the, the ladies, the deaconesses are paying attention, honey. I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, God. how do you have money for that kind of stuff? Jeez. <laughs> it was crazy. So like her closet would be color coordinated. So she would have, you know, green, blue, red, you know, yeah. and you have to write down this outfit was worn on this day. You know, it was really crazy. So, you know, this one Sunday, my cousin, I was like, there's my dad, you know, something. And I, and my dad, he's a sweetheart, but he was also very quiet. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the thing. You know, he was a truck driver, so he wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. But when he was there, you know, he tried to show love and affection when he could. But my mom was one of those that, like, no hugs, no, you know, mm-hmm. no saying I love you, none of that. <laughs> And so I remember my cousin, she whispered my aunt, she was like, girl, that's not your daddy. And I was like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I realized now being grown, because we take some of those things into our relationships. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm the type of person, oh, you tell me something, I'm going to go investigate it. 
Even at the age of 12, I was going through my mom's drawers like, oh, no, I have a birth certificate somewhere in here. And ended up finding two different ones. So one was right. (laughs) It was crazy, crazy. And one of them was me um, with my, you know, my stepfather. And then another one was me with my biological father. But you could tell the one that wasn't real, you know, it was. Yeah, happy, all kind of stuff. So I'm like, okay, so there's some validity in what my cousin said. So I ended up asking my mom, and during that time, that was boldness because you know you couldn't ask nothing. You know, whatever mm-hmm. they told you to do, you just did it. Yeah. And so I remember asking her, and I was like, hey, my cousin said that's not my dad, and her eyes got real big. Uh oh. You know, I was right. I knew she was lying, and she was like, no. <laughs> So I was just like, okay, whatever. So then um, once I turned 15, I started working at this Albertsons. And so this um, the lady came in. And so I found out this story later, but it, was, it ended up actually being a sister that I had on my dad, on my biological dad's side. And she was like, she looks familiar. Like she said, she told my biological, my bio dad that she was like, this young lady in the store, she looks like she could be our sister. Like she looks like us. And so he was like, I don't know, I don't know, <clears throat> and all this stuff. So I ended up switching locations to another store that was like further down the road. And so she went in there and she told me, she's like, that is her. I'm selling and we don't know what she looks like, but I think that's her. She kind of has the same eyes and da, 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 all this stuff. So um, my dad, he, she says from there, my dad ends up going to the high school and he's like, hey, my daughter, you know, attends this high school, you know, da, da, da. And so they're like, well, no, because on the birth certificate, this is, you know, what it says. And he's like, no, this is the real birth oh, certificate. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Like, my mom, she, man. And I guess that's why I take so much pride in not doing that because she lives on, on the cricket. Okay. <laughs> I think she wants to do better, but, you know, I don't think she knows how because she's done so much throughout the years. Yeah. But, you know, when you live in that lifestyle and you see that, you're like, uh-uh, I don't want no parts of that. None. Not <laughs> So he told me, um, he brought the birth certificate up there that was like, no, da, da, da. And so he um, had to do something. And he was like, no, this is to prove that that was the right one. And so one day I got a call in class and it was like, hey, you know, your dad's here to meet you. And so mind you, now I'm like a, what, a junior, a junior in high school, sophomore, junior in high school. And I'm like, okay, because I kind of let it go. After my mom mm-hmm. said that, she said no. And I'm like, well, I see this, but I don't have anything physical to put to it. And no one in the family has said anything to me. So I'm like, okay. <clears throat> I go down there. I was like, well, I, I guess I will go ahead and go meet him. And so I went in there and they brought me into this room and he was there. And I'm like, wow, like, I haven't seen you all my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's like, you know, I've been there, you know, as far as like spending money and this. And he was like, you know, I just really pray and hope that you understand, you know, the parameters around everything. I just couldn't continue to be mixed up with all of that. And I, I'm sad. I'm sorry to say that. And I'm just like, okay, you know, hey, you know, you missed out on a lot of time, but hey, we'll just go from here. And so my mom, she found out about it. And oh, she no. <laughs> she was very upset. And then also, um, she also, um, what she did was she was like, you know what? You're not going to be able to graduate with your senior class. Oh. And I was at the top 10% of my class. Oh, no, she didn't. 
Yeah, so then she called herself trying to homeschool me, but we were not being homeschooled. So it was a whole, it was a whole mess of stuff. And, you know, as you grow up, I was like, as I was getting older and older, I said, you know what? I That's something I don't ever want to do to my own children. You know, mm-hmm. if I have a child by another man or if I had 10 kids, they all have 10 different dads. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I have to be responsible for my own yeah. actions. They all of mine have children. different dads. And I, I was dating somebody when I found out I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. Um, and I could have lied. I really could have lied. And he was a wonderful individual and it would have been fine. And he, he would have been a great dad because the other one was a piece of shit. Um, but I didn't because it's wrong. It's wrong to lie about those things. Yes, and it, it bites you. You know, it's always going to be in the back of your head. You're like, okay, he, you know, and then this person's new person's building their bond with this child. And you're like, that's not even their child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but- that's true. They should know. They should. It should be a thing. And everybody was wondering, like, why are why didn't you lie? And I was like, why would I do it to my kid? Like, that's not fair. And not like that. But after she was born, she was I, almost identical to her biological father. I would not have gotten away with that. <laughs> that's so funny you said that because um, my three sons, they're by my husband that I'm married to now. But my daughter, she has a different dad and so we were never married or anything like, like that and it's just crazy how each time I had a child and I'm like lord they came out of my body people are like oh they look just like the daddy I'm like come on they, they gotta look like me somewhere oh my gosh and I remember one lady was like whoever makes you the maddest during your pregnancy that's who your child looks like and I'm like Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I've t- I'm told now that my oldest daughter, now that she's gotten older, she looks more she looks more like a mixture of the two of us. Like people are like, she looks so much like you, and I was like, if you had met her at a, as a kid, you would not say that at all. <laughs> oh, and you know, I'm glad you said that. Where that was a hard decision for you, even though everyone was telling you not to. Because what I tell people all the time is. It is not our job to tell the people how to react. We have to tell them the truth, get it out there. And then if they choose to leave, because you know that that's, that's something that could happen. You know, if you want to leave, that's you, but at least you know the truth. You, or if you want to yeah. stay, well, you're staying, but you know the truth. And I feel yeah. like so many people don't give people the opportunity to make the full decision. Right. Knowing all the facts, whether it's in a relationship, one person's cheating on somebody, it's like, come on. Tell me so I can say, okay, I do not want to be a part of this. (laughs) Exactly. And I told him, and if it wasn't for his parents, he would have stayed with me. But when his parents found out, they made, he was a teenager. So like they made him break up with me, but then we got back together after he turned 18 and they couldn't tell him what to do anymore. So that's (laughs) not who I'm married to right now, but like he, he was able to make that decision and he knew, and I was really honest. Like he was the one that took me to get my pregnancy test. And I was like, listen, this is not your baby. And he was like, it literally would be impossible because <laughs> like, we, we just like, you know, he was like, that's not how that works. And I was like, I know. Um, and so he was like really thankful and he was, he's a super nice guy, like super nice guy. Um, my spouse is the only guy I have dated since that was nicer than him. 
And I can only say that because we've been married like um like 12 and a half years now. So I'm like, it's kind of, yeah, it's I know it goes by so fast. So I'm like, how is this possible? But like, he's seen me through a lot of things that I'm like, you are literally the nicest person. (laughs) But like, I'm horrified that your mom did that to you. Like, and you know, I have two half brothers we didn't know about until I was an adult. And one of them, my dad paid child support for my entire childhood. And we were not told about him at all. Like we didn't know we had a brother. And it's wild because I think of your story and I was like, I can only like, I can't even imagine how my brother felt like being in a, not the same. He knew who his dad was, right? So he wasn't like the same, same, but like to, to know his dad, but his dad wants nothing to do with him. And he was told that like, He was told, he told us that when he was growing up, that he was told we wanted nothing to do with him, his sisters. And we had no idea he existed. (laughs) So why do people do these things? You know, I don't know. That's crazy. Because you're right. You're like, why? But I don't know if that makes them, makes it easier for them to sleep at night or what. Because I feel like it's wrong. It's so wrong. You need to know your family. Because I ended up having an older brother and older, you know, the sister. I already talked about her. But I'm like, well, you know, we're all exactly like me and my brother were eight years apart. He's eight years older. And then me and my sister were 16 years apart. She's 16 years older. And I was like, that's crazy because on my mom's side, my younger brother, we're like eight years apart. And me and my little oh sister, my gosh. Apart. I'm like, that's crazy. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I left something out too, because growing up all this time, I found out my dad, my bio dad lived literally 10 minutes away. <gasps> so literally. Oh. And I'm like, dang, all those times you would think we would have ran into each other at the grocery store, doing, you know, something out and about in the community. And I was like, man. And so then I realized, like, that's why I was never able to participate in sports because he's really, he was a coach. So he's real big into sports. Oh. And she would have ran into him at some point or another. She really went out of her way to hide this. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> so I, um, so I have a full sister. And so she's two years younger than me. One of my brothers, not the one I mentioned, there's another one who popped up as an adult, knew about, again, knew about my dad the whole time. And his mom's like, I can't find him. I can't locate him. I'm like, even in the 90s, like you could locate people. But I think I think there was reasons behind it. But anyways, I'm not going to say because I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I was I had just had the twins the day before and well, night before. And I was like in my hospital bed and my dad calls me and he's like, are you sitting down? And I was like, I just got two babies cut out of me. What do you think I'm doing? And he was like, so you have a brother. And so my stepmom has had a hysterectomy. And I was like, who did you knock off? (laughs) He was like, no, 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 no. This is, he is like a year older than you. I'm like, who did you knock off? and so I guess my brother found him and contacted him and like they did a blood test and he's his so I have my sister who's two years younger you have me you have a brother who's a year a year older and then I believe the other one is a year or two older than him so my dad worked real fast on these babies just getting people <laughs> pregnant left and right it's wild like oh my God. now the brother that's a year older than me 
didn't know he had sisters, but he kept thinking like, I probably do have siblings. So he'd always ask women what, who, what their dad's name was. <laughs> he wanted to know. He wanted to make sure he wasn't sleeping with anybody. Oh it's just, just, he needs to know that it is it's so crazy <laughs> these people and the stuff that they do it's just like why y'all are <laughs> y'all are wild like over here yeah and that's sad because we should have to be like okay who's your dad let's make sure this is your actual dad this is your mom so. right and you were right near your siblings now there was a large age gap so like that but like jesus right <laughs> i'm like that's crazy this is really crazy she <laughs> should have prepped you because you know you don't need to get pregnant by your brother right <laughs> <laughs> so how have you moved on and healed since then because that's that's a lot of stuff. Like I, I understand my mom was abusive as well. She was psychologically and emotionally abusive mainly. And I actually didn't realize I had been abused until I took a domestic violence training. And I was like, Oh <laughs> shit, that's me. But I do remember like very distinctly when I was younger, like her slapping me across the face and splitting my lip open. Mm-hmm. And so it's like things like that, that like stay with you. And it takes a lot of healing like a lot of like effort to, and so what did you do? Like, how did that happen for you? For me, it still was a journey because even then getting out of the house and, you know, going off to college and I actually, my daughter, I had, I was pregnant with her. Um, like I was a turn 18. I ended up going to driving school less than six months. I was pregnant, but then yeah. I look back and like, I never dated anyone. I did. We never even had those conversations about sex, what type of men to look for, yeah. what type of men to entertain. So that whole family was a whole fiasco. Like my aunt called me one day and she was like, you left one hellhole and you went to another hellhole. And I was like, what you as we see? do, as we do. What you don't see when you're going through that. And I was like, wow. And so, like, I've been in the court so many times with that side of the family, you know, with all kind of stuff, whether it was with his mom, with my daughter's dad, you know, all kind of stuff. And so you realize, like, you just keep hurting yourself, just mm-hmm. keep hurting yourself. And you're like, man, God, I'm, I feel like I'm doing everything right. But we don't have any direction. We don't know. We're just out here doing things. So then even in college, you know, I started this whole thing of being abstinent. I was like, look, I don't want to entertain any guy. <laughs> if you don't <done> nothing, <laughs> unless you are coming right. And so on that journey, it was actually good for me because I was like, okay, either when I tell guys that when I told guys I was abstinent, they would either say, Oh, okay, I don't want no parts of that. Right. <laughs> or they would be like, some guys would try to say, okay, is she for real, for real? Or is she playing? What what is she doing? You know, so they still, you know, try to talk to you and all this stuff. And so you just remind me of a funny story. When I was in college, there was a guy and I really, really liked him. Like he would take me on dates, do all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm in college, but we going here, we going there, we doing all this stuff. Yeah. But I noticed every time he would pull out a gift card and I'm like, why does he have a gift card every time but I'm like hey he's paying for everything right so then one day I asked him and he was like yeah my mom you know she worked at the post office and she I was like oh no I cannot do this oh my goodness stealing gift cards up in the post office I haven't been getting my gift cards 
<laughs> or you know people all the time they'd be like I sent you a gift card you're like really I didn't get it <laughs> right yes that's definitely happened to me before and that's why that well that's one of the reasons why but then I realized you know on the journey of healing and realized you know I gotta get this together because at the point mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anyone and then I reconnected with my biological dad before I was pregnant and so that was only like a short time period and you know and I understood his rules like he said you know hey you can't stay here if you're bringing a baby into the world yeah and so you know, I had to run the course, you know, I was asked, you know, by my aunt and my dad to make a, um, to have a, have an abortion. And so I was like, you know what? I felt like, okay, no, I didn't know everything. I didn't know what I was getting into, Mm -hmm. but I felt like, okay, I didn't want to be that person that's killing a life. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just have to make it. And we have no direction, you know, when we're out here in in life. But at the end of the day, when I look back, and that's what pushed me to get through college, because I was like, you know, I didn't have my parents paying for anything, or I had put my own self through college. And so that helped me to say, okay, you know what, they're waiting on me to fail as far as, you know, everyone. They're like, oh, she's a teen pregnancy. Oh, she got out of high school and she just, you know, she's pregnant. Yeah. And so that pushed me even harder to say, no, I'm going to make sure that I get through college and do what I need to do. And so I ended up graduating. It took me, what, five years to graduate with my undergrad. And I ended up majoring in business administration. That's where I met my husband. And (laughs) he's been phenomenal. But, you know, when you get married in your 20s, there's so much you don't know. And you don't deal with your healing and all of that. You take that into your relationship. Yep. Oh, that investigating anything. Oh, you said what? Oh, okay. I'm about to, you know, present yeah. you with the facts with the proof. Like, oh no, on this day, this time you went here. And that's not healthy. Like no, no relationship can thrive through that. And so I feel like because we both have had our own journeys and, you know, I realized, especially after talking to so many different women and being a mental health therapist, I said, okay. I know God put certain people together for a reason because there are certain things that some women share with me. I'm like, I can't handle that. Like you raising your voice at me or throwing something. Yeah. Oh, we, we about to be fighting. Or you know, <laughs> and that's not kids don't need to see their parents fighting, fist fighting. Yeah. But it's because you've been through so much. And mm-hmm. it's like now I realize that because I was beat on as a kid, because I was abused mentally and physically. I always have this motto that I'm like, hey, once you become a grown-up, I don't no one should be putting their hands on you. <laughs> that that was between Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Zero to 18, I took it. But after that, I'm like, I shouldn't have to take that. And so really it just comes down to knowing your worth. And for me, I, that's what got me into physical, I mean mental health therapy. It's because I was like, okay, I have to do the healing. And it took some time because there was times I couldn't even talk about this without like tearing up or crying. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times we just suppress it. So I realized for a long time, I didn't say anything about it. I never brought it up. I just kind of was like, okay, out of sight, out of mind. But mm-hmm. I realized I needed to talk about these things. And the more yes. kids I had, I was like, okay, I need to have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Like when I look back, I was like, damn, me and my mom, we never did anything that you see most moms and daughters do. Go get your toes done or go to the movies, go skating together. Just do something. Just laugh right. and have a time. That wasn't her. That wasn't her personality. That's just, she never did it. You know, she, now she did. Yeah, she would take you when you get your report card to like Red Lobster. 
But as far as those moments together or just talking, getting to know each other, that just wasn't her. And yeah. it was crazy because she was in education and you would be uh, out in public and people would be like, hey, mama. Hey, mama. Hey. But she was a mom to everybody else but her aunt. And so, well, for me, that was my experience. Because my little brother, you know, she loved him to death. He could do no wrong. My <laughs> sister had a completely different, like, experience with our parents. Like, what people don't understand is you can grow up in the same household, yeah. but have completely different experiences. And it took her a while to realize that and, like, come to terms with oh no, you literally had a completely different upbringing, even though we're two years apart and we <laughs> lived in the same household. It's wild. Yes. Yeah, my husband, he talks about that a lot too because it's him and his sister. And like he says, you know, how his sister was raised compared for a girl compared to him as a boy. You know, boys are taught to, you know, mm-hmm. go get a job, to use your money for yourself, do these things, you know you know, work for your own car if you want it. And he was like, you know, his sister, things were a little different for her. You know, her money could be like her money, whatever she wanted to do and things of that nature. And so you're right. Everybody grows up under the same roof. But I think sometimes parents are like, oh, you know, we're, we're there. We're physically here. But you don't realize how you might treat one child a little better. Mm-hmm. So my kids ask me all the time and say, mom, who's the favorite? I'm like, no, no, no. There is no, no favorites. favorites. <laughs> Not, some days I don't like any of you. <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that that helps to get the point across i'm gonna have to say that next time you know, yeah. days, you know today is one of them days <laughs> i mean you can love your kids but not like them some days like i don't like the way you're acting today um i still love you I'm not going to like punish you the way I was punished, but you need to know you're not in my favor today. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then, you know, that helps me. Uh, you just made me think about like when I did teach, because when I tell you, I never thought I would step in the classroom. I'm grateful I did, but I never thought I would. <laughs> and it was more because my mom was in education. Uh, I know my grandfather, he was in education too. And after being in that role, I realized that our kids need so much help. I taught middle school. I taught sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And my day one, I mean, goodness, I well, actually, let me take you to a little background. I ended up getting my job by going off on the principal. And I was <laughs> like, I walked away from that table like, why did they just hire me? Like, I literally... <laughs> Like, literally, the lady was, they were, it was three principals that were asking me questions. They was like, can you solve this math problem? So I'm solving the problems here, solving the problems here. So they're like, okay. So um, one of the principals, she was like, so how would you be able to handle discipline? I, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I said, oh, well, discipline, I wouldn't have any issues with discipline. <laughs> and then the lady was like, well, what about this? And what about this? So she just kept throwing questions. And I was like, and again... You know, I was very confident, so I guess that's why I got hired. But once I walked in, the guy was like, you're hired. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, I literally just went off on this lady. But I realized when I walked in, and it was in the middle of the school year, it was in April, middle of the school year, they told me the teacher just left in the middle of the week on a Wednesday. And I was like, right, that tells you something. That tells you how bad kids are. And so one lady, she tried to give me the heads up. She said, when you go in, I need you to, I've already got it ready for you. All you have to do is just stay straight. And I'm like, my nature is 
not strictness. You know, my nature is, you know, cool, go with the flow. Of course, you know, once you push my buttons, then I have to get, you know, the other side. Yeah. As they say, Gemini's have that twin personality. Um, yes, we yes. were just talking about how this is going to air on my birthday yes. and that your birthday is one week exactly before mine. And yeah, so I feel <laughs> you on the Gemini's. I'm almost on the cusp. Like, I think it ends like a week after my birthday. But yes, us Gemini's. <laughs> and like I tell people, it's just like anybody. If someone makes you mad, there's a point of no return. It's just don't do yep. it. Okay. <laughs> but I remember just like being in this classroom and I went in being nice. And those kids, I'm not gonna lie, they ran over me. But it told me, okay, come August, I need to have my stuff together, be very strict. But day one, I walked in the classroom, a young man pulled his shirt up just showing everything, was yelling, screaming on the table. But I'm like, this is a seventh grade class. This is crazy. I wrote on the board. I was like, okay, y'all go ahead and do perimeter. They was like, what is that? Like, we don't know what that is. And so it taught me a lot to realize like, hey, you have to break things down. You have to show people the ropes in life. Mm -hmm. Like you can't assume that anyone knows anything. So just because, you know, I grew up and when I grew up, I grew up in Cedar Hill. And so it depends on your mindset. If you want to learn, because for me, that's what I had to turn to is making sure my grades were, you know, top notch. Mm -hmm. We can bring anything less than A. But <laughs> we were focused, but that's not the case nowadays. And so it just really taught me after being in that classroom, yes, being a teacher, there's no way I can help everybody like I need mm-hmm. to. And so there's so many stipulations that come with teaching. You know, you have to do these teaks and this and that, but they don't even understand where the kids are actually at. Yeah. You know, I can't teach them proportions. They don't know how to multiply and divide. Right. <laughs> And when they come in your class, if you're not doing those things, it's like on your lesson plan, it said this. Why are you not doing this? And you're like, well, the, the kids can't multiply. <laughs> they don't want to hear it, you know, and they just care about the scores, the scores, the scores, the scores. And I hate yes. to say you end up teaching to a test. And I'm like, man, this is not. Exactly. Yes. But when your scores are good, then you're like the praise teacher. They're like, oh, you did this. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. But I realized it taught me that so many people, they need healing on all levels. And Mm -hmm. so that's what got me into school counseling. And then once I did school counseling, I was like, okay, I'm not even counseling. What is this? I was doing everything. You know, there were some circumstances of counseling, but primarily you're doing, um, well, I did K through 11th grade is what I have done for counseling but right now I'm in the elementary sector but I mean you're doing everything you know mm-hmm. parents are calling you like hey why they don't have credit you're like ma'am that's because they got a 40 you know in French yeah <laughs> you have the pass you know they did pass ma'am <laughs> 40 is not passing thank you <laughs> So that's all other side. You're educating people on, you know, it's so much. And at the end of the day, you feel like, what what, what did I do today? You know, did I make a difference? You know, you might have reached out to maybe two people, two or three people, but it's so much other things. And now Mm -hmm. the issues are getting worse and worse. You know, we have mass shootings, we have all kinds of stuff. And so when you go back and listen to the family, you're like, of the 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 person who did the shooting you're like okay did you see any signs and one thing for example with the Uvalde shooting they never saw him smile I'm like that's the sign that's right if you never smile I mean there's so I met some people that don't have a personality but goodness 
if you keep progging, they're going to smile and so, or laugh yeah. or smirk or something. And I'm like, we have to start paying attention to the signs. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do that when you're, you know, wearing so many different hats. And so that's what pushed me to get into mental health. I was like, okay, I have to do something different because this ain't it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm very fortunate. So my kids school has a counsel a school counselor for each grade but they also have a psychologist for this whole school yes. um and they have uh, a therapist for the whole school so like they have all these levels and i'm so thankful because i'm like that's so good because like what you're saying is these kids are going through some stuff nowadays it's much i feel like it's much more difficult for them than it was when we were younger because it, it's so much and then you have like social media and it's all in your face and like school shootings like i was i was older when the first like mass shooting like happened you know and now they're happening like all the time and so you know having these things but also that can help catch the kids who are struggling and who could become the shooter right because these kids there is there's a, and I don't want to say a paper trail, but there is a trail. There are signs that, that nothing like things were not okay. And people just ignored those signs. That's right. Just like you just made me think going to school, there was a guy, it doesn't matter how hot it was. He would always wear this long trench coat. That's a sign. Right. Like, <laughs> it's one thing to be a little different, but another whole, that's a whole other level like come on we have to wake up and I'm like man the fact that your children's school have a psychologist and a therapist on top of a school counselor per grade level that means that if a child is dealing with something they know that they can reach out and get the help and so a lot of these schools they don't they don't have that they just have the school counselor and then yeah. the parents are like why can't you talk to them and it's like well first of all with the district you have to be licensed to actually provide counseling yeah. And so it's, a lot of times there's a disconnect in understanding what the school counselor does versus the mental health therapist, you know? Yeah. And, and, and they're great because like, so my daughter, she wasn't turning in homework for a couple of weeks and I got an email from her math teacher and was like, Hey, this isn't like her. Like, is there something going on? And I was like, not that I know of, but the counselor was proactive and was like met with her too. And was like, Hey, is there anything going on? And just, she said like, it was just, they were just sitting chatting. So it wasn't like an interrogation. It was like, she was like, oh, the counselor invited me to her office and I got to have like a popsicle. And I was like, what's going on there? Um, and she was just like, she said that um, my teacher noticed that I was struggling a little bit and we just talked about it. And she was just really, her dad right now, uh, his job took him away for a while and so she's struggling with that really bad and everything so you know it's understandable she's 11 years old and she's got all these hormones and stuff like that but I was so impressed that they just took her in to chat with her not even to like interrogate nothing like and I assumed if she was struggling they would have then had the psychologist you know or therapist look at her but like that was they just found out like she was just having a hard time and all I needed to know as a parent is like oh she's not doing her work like because like the grades are a little delayed so some teachers aren't as good about it as other ones so like I'll look at her grades they seem fine well then a couple weeks later that's when I'm gonna see that she wasn't doing her work so I appreciated the teacher reached out to me and I know they're hesitant because some parents are 
not so open (laughs) about things, but I felt they went around about it like the right way, right? For the teacher to communicate to the counselor and say, hey, the student's struggling. And for the counselor, just a popsicle, like the kid had no idea that they were just checking on her. Like she thought they were just chatting. She thought it was special. She got to have a popsicle, you know? And I felt like it was beautiful. It was beautifully done. I love that because, and see, that's the thing, because I noticed that a lot of times it's the perception of counselors and whether they do or you're trying to get me in trouble. Because I've literally heard a parent telling a student, don't talk to her. Don't say nothing to her. I'm like, (laughs) it's understanding. But then when I realized once he did start opening up, I'm like, oh, there's things she didn't want him to tell about her. And I'm like, I'm not going to judge you, you know? Right. You know? Some parents have been to jail. All kind of stuff has happened. But the yeah. fact that you're here and you're trying to make that reconnection with your child, I'm not going to hinder that. But it is helpful to know, like, this is why yes. that child is acting out. Because you just got them. So right. they, they don't know. It's, a, it's different. It's a whole different dynamic from what they're used to. And I'm like, you know, there's a different way to address that or approach it, you know, instead of being like, don't talk to her. <laughs> Yeah, and I love <laughs> I love how you've turned what you've learned as a counselor and from your childhood and everything to helping other people like heal and everything. I I always say like follow the breadcrumbs and that comes from a previous podcast guest is like you have all these things you do and it leads you to this place. And that's why like on the podcast we don't talk about business, we talk about personal stories because The personal stories are why you started your business nine times out of 10, you know? Um, So as we wrap up the podcast today, what would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? I would just like to leave you guys with just don't ever let anyone try to judge you based on your past. Just know that, you know, we all have a past. And so the key is being able to share that journey of healing and help someone else share your testimony with those once you are completely healed. And you'll know you're healed because you'll be able to tell your story and you won't tear up and you won't cry. This story I shared today, if I would have shared it 10 years ago, I would I understand. Same. (laughs) And, you know, you're never really the Mm -hmm. same. Like I tell people, it's like a cut, you know, it heals. You still see the scar. The scars are still there, but it's about how you choose to embrace the world and how you don't allow it to hinder you and how you move forward in this world. Yes. I same with me. If I had shared some of those stories, I mean, not about my brothers, but about my mom, (laughs) like even like five ish years ago, like I would have been a hot mess, but like, I've done so much work that it doesn't shake me like it used to. She still shakes me. That's why I have nothing to do with her because like, she is a big trigger and I'm still working on that, but you know, um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Megan. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.